What's up, everybody? Kyle and Derek here on the How Not to Be a Youth Pastor podcast. Uh, So excited that your two favorite youth pastors could join you for another episode. I guess you're joining us. That's true. Us not necessarily joining you, but we're excited uh, for episode 14 of the podcast. 14, the big one for we are excited. I get to be the one who pitches Kyle a question this afternoon, this morning, this evening, whenever you decide to listen to this great podcast full of useful knowledge. Listen, I really desperately want a listener to, like, how not to be a youth pastor at gmail.com. I need somebody to email us that they were listening to this episode at, like, 2 a.m. That would be epic. That would absolutely make my day. Of course, it would make their night. I want more mail, too. You know, like, we we, we just. You want some fan mail? Uh, Do you want me to start creating burner accounts and just incessantly. Please. emailing that would really uh, boost, no we would love to hear from you guys uh get a get a quick question featured on the show but derek what is today's quick question how interactive kyle are your messages on a wednesday night to what degree do you go off script when you deliver them Ooh, interesting interesting so i uh would say that i'm different than a lot of youth pastors because that's not surprising and well yeah i'm different in a lot of ways not all of them are good um but i rarely have notes in front of me uh on the stage with me uh part of that is because i i like to you know memorize as much as i can yeah of of what i'm going to be preaching uh, the other part of it is I like to utilize the technology that is available to me. Uh, our church has a pro presenter that we use uh, to put all of like our slides and our videos and our worship lyrics and everything up onto the screen. Uh, very, very popular, very common uh, software that a lot of churches use. And one of the things that ProPresenter can do uh, is have a, a lot of times it's referred to as a confidence monitor, yep. uh, where you maybe have like a TV or some sort of screen in the back of the room yep. that can show you what's on the screen. It'll, you know, you can set it up to show you what time it is so that you kind of have an idea of, of, you know, where you need to be uh, in relation to the overall service time. Uh, but one of the things you can do in Planning Center or in ProPresenter uh, is you can uh, put notes on different slides. And so I will sometimes have, you know, like my first point on a slide, but then in the notes, I'll put some other thoughts I have that I want to say after that. And I can see that in the back of the room, but everybody else only sees my point on the screen. And yep. so I, I kind of cheat a little bit that way. But my point, I'll bring it back to this, this question, is you know, memorizing my sermon does lead me to get off script a little bit. And yep. and I like that, you know, I, I like to, you know, have a little bit of freedom to, you know, go off on a tangent or, you know, God downloads a thought into my brain or yep. my own brain just Takes rabbit over. trails somewhere. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think there's a little bit of authenticity to that. That is mm-hmm. good. As long as you know how to control that and how not to do it too much. Yep. Uh, which again happens and I'm learning, it does. uh, but, but yeah, I'd say, I'd say it happens. Um, but it's within a structure that I create it to, if that makes any sense at all. What about you, Derek? I, I'm fairly interactive. Um, I, I do have a computer up there with me, which has my notes on it. Uh, but, at the same time, I'm very intentional about moving away from my computer and getting out yeah, in front love of my that. computer. Uh, and and honestly, um, what I have learned is, to Kyle's point, if you can know where you're going internally in your message before you get up and preach it, you really are able to just delve into – because as pastors, right, like we are really good about telling stories, at least we should be. Um, and so a lot of times if I am confident where I'm going with my message and I know what kind of time I got – I will get really, I shouldn't say embellish, but last night I talked about hitting a deer. It was supposed, nice. to, be, it was supposed to be like a one-minute story, and, like, the kids are just, like, feeding into, like, the details of it. And so naturally, like, I just, like, got exaggerated with mm-hmm. my emotions and, like, I was, Classic. I, I was illustrating the deer rolling on the road and, like, it was... Were you down on the stage I rolling was. around? <laughs> I was. This it, is the greatest thing ever. It, it, is there video of this somewhere? <laughs> no. Um. I, I figured somebody w- would Skype it if I did, but... Um, so all that to say, like, I think, I think I do go off script on a, on a decent, uh, decent amount, but a lot of times it's, 
Um, it's not inherently off script. It's more so just like a in a deeper dive than I originally mm-hmm. anticipated. A feeling um, that out in the moment. Yeah. 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 Right. And you, you really kind of got to read the crowd too. Like there, there have been times where I, I am, you know, diving in and I can tell that my students are just dragging and they're just mm-hmm. like, uh, so a lot of times there's been times where it's like all of a sudden as I'm going through this, I think of a story that I've walked through and then it kind of recaptures their attention. Yeah. But, or maybe, you know what I'm feeling in the moment that I'm going to, I'm going to move a little bit quicker through yep. this. Right. Uh, to get to what I want to talk about next because I feel like they're not connecting with it or yeah. something like that. Just having a feel for uh, feel for the people in the room and, it's and where good it needs with to teens. go. I mean, teens need shorter messages. They need more interaction. It's just they have shorter attention spans than an adult was does usually. So. You're saying that you know maybe I should stop talking for 75 to 80 minutes? Probably. Hmm. To be fair, our whole youth ministry night is about 60 minutes, so you'd really be in trouble with our... Listen, when the Holy Spirit wants to move, the Holy Spirit wants to move. I don't disagree. You got to tell your parents to wait because I'm going to talk for an hour and a half. Uh, All things (laughs) not to do. Well done, Kyle. No, I'm definitely not doing that. I will say, though, like there are, I don't know, there's a lot of different ways to do it. I, I also love every once in a while, like I love to throw my night off script on script. Like throw it off script on purpose. Right. You know, where where you like there was one night where the students walked in f- for the beginning of the night and there were zero chairs anywhere in the room. Oh. We you know, we had taken them all out and and it was I mean, the whole night was like we were gonna be going back and forth between worship and message. And yeah. so we just had the kids sit on the floor for the first part, but then for most of the rest of the night they were you know, they were up, they were praying with each other, they were worshiping. And so it wasn't like we wanted to take the chairs out because we didn't want them to be able to hide behind the chairs. Uh right. you know, during worship especially. Because uh, students do that sometimes, and so I I think it's it's good not to be in too much of a rut. Yeah. Uh, you know, not that like rut sounds bad. Like having a rhythm is good, but yep. disrupting that from time to time uh, can be really really beneficial. But, Mix it up. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, so that's a that's a great question though. I love that question. Um, so today uh, for this episode, we're going to be talking about. Uh, being a part of a church staff. Dun, dun, dun. I Derek has horror stories. Apparently, I that do he's not. Be bringing to the episode. I do not. <laughs> I am calling your senior pastor when we're done with this episode. Cool. Um, we have it here. Well, you. he's a cool guy, so uh, yeah. we're just gonna connect. We're not gonna yeah. talk about you at all. Um, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about you know there. I don't know of any youth ministry. Uh, or there's probably very, very few that are not a part of a church as a whole, and youth pastors that are not a part of a church staff as a whole. Whether you are full-time, part-time, or completely volunteer, there are other people doing ministry at that church that are a part of this team, and it's going to look a little bit different uh, with every church, but there's also going to be some principles and, and some guidelines uh, that are going to be true no matter what. And so today we're going to dive in uh, to what that looks like, uh, some of those universal guidelines, and then we'll talk a little bit about what uh, what both of our church staffs look like that uh, that we are a part of. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be great. You ready, Derek? I am I am ready, Kyle. We're going to dive Bring in. Bring it All on. right. So for starters, I don't know that many people know this, but church staffs always start with the lead pastor. They do. Who would have thought uh, that they would be the one in charge? This is revolutionary uh, stuff. I know. It's it's crazy. And, you know, you these the lead pastor, you know, they're never or or rarely, I'll say rarely. You know, they're they're not like the be all end all of Correct. the church. Yep. Very often, and as should be the case, you're going to have some sort of deacon board or elder board or whatever the language is at your church uh, that are... In conjunct, working in conjunction with uh, the lead pastor. Yep. Uh, they are like for. I'll speak for our context. Uh, our deacon board. I believe we have seven uh, that are on it at a time, uh, and they they go in two or three year cycles. And so you're on for two or three years. I think it's three. Do they uh, get elected? Are they voted in? Or? Yes. Okay. And so we have we have like a business meeting with our members every year. They get voted. Uh, onto this this uh, deacon board and then they serve for three years and if they want to do another three years then they can uh, but one of the cool things about the way that ours are set up is that 
if you serve for two, three-year terms, right, after that, you have to take one year off before you can be back on the board again. And so uh, it, it reminds me, like, I, I don't know why this is I, I'm not trying to get political, but sure. term limits like for yeah. Congress would like that's yeah. kind of what it is. And I'm not really sure why that's not a thing, uh, for, you know, in Washington. But that's a that's a different episode yes, that will never is. get published. Uh-huh. Um, but, um, you know, I, I like the idea for for a deacon board at a church because, you know, you you're always going to cycle in some fresh ideas. Yep. Uh, and you're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna have that that person that is on the deacon board for like forty straight years. Right. Uh, there are some instances where that can be a great thing. More often than not, I've seen it be a bad thing. Oh yeah. And so I I kind of like that uh, that that's how our church does that uh, that deacon board piece. That's really impressive, and I I think most churches, whether you realize it or not, do have some sort. Whether it's an elder board, whether it's a deacon board, whatever the vernacular is. There's going to be some form of organization and structure above the senior pastor. But at the same time, uh, I always think of when it comes to church staff, I'm a huge football guy. I love everything about football. I did not know that about you. Well, you should know. That's a (laughs) lie. You totally know that about me. Kyle and I talk about fantasy football more than our wives would care that we do. But that's how we roll. We're gonna do an episode of fantasy football in youth ministry. Let's let's do it. (laughs) That'd be great. Or fantasy football in marriage. That's going to be our least listened to yes, episode. Yes, it will. It will. Uh, but if you think about a football team, right, like you have you have the linemen, you have the running back, receivers, you have the quarterback, but then you also got the defensive coordinator. you got the offensive coordinator. You've got the general manager. You've got the head coach. You've got all these things. And so when it comes to the lead pastor, they're the quarterback, right? They're the ones that are the ones calling the shots. They're the ones running the plays. They're the ones really kind of setting the tone for your church staff, for your church in general. But there are people above that person as a, as a system of accountability. However, when it comes to being on a church staff, you really are in essence saying, I am following my lead pastor. I'm yep. following the quarterback of the team. Like if, whether you're the wide receiver or the running back, you have to be in the same page with your senior pastor because that's really what you're agreeing to. Because like, if you can't agree with the vision they have, then it's probably not a good fit for you to be there because they're the ones who get to set that. They're the ones who are running with that vision. Yeah, you're every church, uh, you know, the deacon board is going to be a little bit different. You know, some yeah. some deacon boards are a little bit more involved uh, in like the day to day aspects, whereas other deacon boards are, you know, maybe more involved on the spiritual side. But every single church, you know, that le- the lead pastor, senior pastor, whatever they call it. Uh, that lead pastor is the one that yep. that you are primarily uh, working for. Yep. Uh, whether you are full time, part time, volunteer, uh, that's the person that that you're answering to. Uh, that's the person who is setting the vision uh, that you are following, and that, you know the lead pastor has to be the one to set the vision. Yeah. Right. If there are any lead pastors listening to this podcast, first of all. Hi. Hello. Love Thank to you. have you. Yes. Um, your youth pastor values you, and they incredibly value the fact that you are taking the time to listen to a youth ministry podcast. Uh, and but... we greatly appreciate raises, if you think of it. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. You know what? Youth pastors got to eat, too. There's... <laughs> Uh, that wasn't directed at any specific lead pastors. No, uh, just not a blanket at all. statement. Yeah, but uh, the lead pastor has to be the one to set the vision. Absolutely, have a clear vision. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't matter what church you're at. If a and it doesn't even matter the organization. This is a church thing. This is a not church thing. If the person at the top doesn't have a clear vision, it is impossible. It's like following a squirrel. Yeah, right. It's right. They're they're darting all over the place, and you're just trying to kind of wander in their general direction. Yeah, you know you you have to have that clear vision. And so you know, as a youth pastor, if you are, you know, if you're looking at coming on board at a church, or you already are at a church. Uh, that is got to be the first question that you're asking is what is the vision of the senior pastor at this church? And is that something that I can follow? Is that something that I'm on board with? And it is okay for that answer to be no, right? right? If, if you are a, if you're somebody who's looking for a ministry position, be picky about this Yep, because you're going to find, you know, a year, two years, three years into this job 
if if you compromised on this piece, you're not going to be there very. You won't long. be there one, two, three. Probably years. you're not definitely not making it to year no. three. No, uh, you know if you unless God is just completely working and, yep. and got something up his sleeve. Yeah, right. You have to be on board uh, with that vision because at the end of the day, like yes, you are the youth pastor. And, you know, somebody else is maybe the, the kids pastor and you got a worship person in there. But at the end of the day, you are a team that is doing ministry together uh, tour, for and with a group of people. And and the best teams I have found are exactly that. Yes, you have the lead pastor leading the church. You have them leading the vision. But the best, most successful, most fruitful ministries and teams I've seen are the ones that truly do life together they enjoy being together they enjoy getting together it's not just a group of individuals who are assigned tasks it's a group of people who are united under this one vision who are uniquely contributing their differences their skills for the greater cause right like i tell my youth team all the time if we can have a solid core of our youth leaders, if we can have a solid family, if we can have a connectedness within our specific youth leader group, it's going to grow from the inside out, right? Like if you have something that's attractive, something that's tight, something that is tight knit, naturally you're going to have more people who want to buy into that. You're going to have more leaders on that team, but people on the outside are going to reap the benefits of that. A connected, good team will be, Uh, more engaged they'll be uh, more apt to reach out to you they'll be more apt to just walk out the thing that God has called them to do but the opposite is also true the teams that are not tight the teams that are task oriented and not relational the teams that are just divide and conquer and you know there is no vision those are the teams that burn out those are the teams that don't have any longevity those are the teams that they never ever grow because nobody wants to be a part of it internally or externally. Right. And that's, you know, the biggest danger that that we want to hit on here when it comes to being a part of a church staff is, you know, you will have to fight against silos in ministry. And and what we mean by that is, you know, we all have our own ministries, right? And and we just want to like you know, be left alone. Like I'll leave you alone to do your worship stuff and I'll leave you alone to do the kids stuff and you leave me alone to do the youth stuff. And there's not communication there. There's not collaboration there. And the difficult part about silos in ministry uh, within like inside of a church is that they are the natural tendency. Yeah. Uh, You know, the, the biggest thing is, you know, and we just did an episode, I think five weeks ago about, <clears throat> excuse me, about uh, volunteers, adult volunteers in your mm-hmm. youth ministry. One of the hardest things about being on a church staff is that you guys are all fighting over the same resource. Yep, right. And, and that resource is volunteers. volunteers. Uh, you know, I, I hear all the time, like pretty much every church, you got 20% of the people doing 80% of the work. Yeah. And, and so how do you find adult volunteers in your ministry and, and raise them up and, and, you know how do you how do you bring them onto your team without also stressing out other ministry teams because yep. you're going to end up with you know you got one person volunteering in five different ministries and then and that person gets burnt out and then nobody has them yeah that person gets burnt out and yeah. they quit everything and i think i think the most important thing when it comes to volunteers like that is this is why it's important to be a part of a team you have to collectively decide that the well-being of your volunteers takes precedence over your need for them. Yep. And what I mean by that is just because this person has kids and they're a great parent doesn't mean that the kids' <laughs> pastor automatically gets dibs to them for their team, right? Yeah. Like that volunteer might very well want nothing to do with kids because they spend 24-7 with their kids every other day of the week, you know? And so it's important as a team, as, as, as pastors, as staff to ask yourself or ask these volunteers rather, what are they passionate about? What are they gifted in? And probably most importantly, what are they called to, right? Mm -hmm. Like something we say at our church all the time is we want this to be life giving. We want you to be volunteering something that is life giving to you. Like don't just volunteer somewhere that you think we need. Like we never, like people always ask like, what do you need? And we always turn that around and say, where do you want to serve? 
Because yeah. that's really what it boils down to is we need you where you're walking out the calling, where you're walking out the gift set, where you're walking out your passions because that's where we're going to utilize you the most effectively. Yeah, for sure. There are there are a lot of people out there that are, that are serving in churches and serving in ministries that they shouldn't be right now, but right. it's just, you know, where they got plugged into because they, they saw that a need needed to be filled. And that's not necessarily a bad place to start, but... You know, I would encourage like sometime take take like a week and write down everything that you do and then go back through it and look at, OK, when I do this, uh, it drains me, yep. you know, emotionally, physically, mm-hmm. whatever. Like I, I don't look forward to doing this. It drains me, even if it's a small thing. Right. right. Like, uh, you know, for for some people, honestly, like unloading the dishwasher. Yep. Like, oh, like that is the absolute worst thing. It mm-hmm. dre- like I dread doing it. Yep. You know, for me personally, like I will unload the dishwasher all day long and I cannot explain why. No clue. What, but that like for odd. some reason, I'm like, yeah, I'll unload the dishwasher. No problem. And there are other people that that's a huge thing for them. And the the reason that this, you know, what are your volunteers called to question is so important is because there is there is somewhere or multiple somewheres within your church for each volunteer where when they volunteer there, it feeds them. Like Derek yep. said, it brings them life. Mm-hmm. And and this is something where, right, they look forward to volunteering there every week. It's not something that they dread doing. Uh, they look forward to, and this is part of, partly on the leader of that ministry as well, to you know create something that is worth volunteering in. Right. And, and they're excited about it. But there are going to be... Uh, people uh, within your church who they they get completely jazzed and excited mm-hmm. to clean up after an event. Yep. Or, you know, whatever it is. Because, like, their thing is, I want to be behind the scenes. Yeah. I'd love to be behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. You want to know where I'm not going to put you? On stage. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as that. But I'm, I'm not going to know that unless I ask you. And unless I ha- sit down and have a conversation with a volunteer, and this is something that our church staff is is in a constant communication about, we're having constant conversations about this. You know, how can we not just keep tapping the same resource? How do we keep not just keep to asking the same volunteers over and over again? How can we mobilize and and equip and empower new volunteers within our congregation to step into? Uh, ministry positions and you need to right because i mean i was talking with my lead pastor yesterday we live in a in a world where restaurant lobbies are closing because they don't have enough staff paid staff mm-hmm. to man them right yeah. and so um you know even e- when it comes to church staff in general um when you think like bigger than just an immediate building of people and staff there this silo concept and this volunteer concept is like big C church, right? Like these volunteers are being fought over, not just from within the church, but amongst churches, right? Like Kyle and I live in a general similar area. I mean, we live in separate towns and there's, there's some distinguishable differences between my community and yours. But at the same time, there's a whole demographic of people that live halfway between Kyle and I, you know? And so there, there's even this tendency to silo churches off and go yeah, like, how easy would st- it be to compete against one another? Yeah, like, oh, I reach out to that guy in Elk River, Kyle. What are you doing reaching out to that guy in Elk River? Like, yeah, you know, it, it, it and so it's there's so much politics. Like, like churches can get messy. Kyle and I are both thankful to be a part of churches that aren't that way, that they have their priorities straight. But this concept is the same that. If you want to work together, if you want to have this um, this tight knit staff, this effective ministry, this effective pool of volunteers, you have to resist working as a silo by serving each other, right? Like you have to, like if you're a youth team and you're looking at to you know look to grow your team and go after this volunteer, like maybe the youth team um, helps serve the greeting team and they get to go mm-hmm. help with that, you know thinking bigger again. Uh, Kyle and I are good friends. And so there are times when they do volunteer dinners. And so every person who volunteers at Riverdale gets to come be a part of this event because of that. Somebody needs to watch their kids. Our ministry gets to pull people and they, we get to come over here and watch their kids while they enjoy a good night. Like 
serving is the antithesis or the antidote to silos and to separating yourself. Those were two words that good friend of the show, Noah Webster, would have been proud of. Noah Webster is proud of us. You know what? Listen, if you guys did not listen to episode 13, you got to pause this, go back and listen to it. And then Very you, informative, historic, deep dive into the life of Noah Webster. Absolutely. And we're not going to say anything more on who that is or why he was important to the episode, so you guys got to go figure it out. Uh, but then, just think, you're going to come back being in on the inside joke, and you're going to feel so much so better happy. about yourself. And then you can rewind and be like, oh, I know what they're I, talking I get about what they're now. talking about now. Absolutely. Um, but, like, I, you know, the the worship leaders here at our church, uh, you know, are great friends of my wife and I. And there are times where I'll jump on the worship team on a Sunday morning and, and be a part of their team and just and serve. Because, I mean, one, I enjoy doing it. Again, yep. it's something that... I enjoy doing. Yeah. Uh, but it's also an opportunity for me to, you know, serve one of the other ministry leaders yeah. here at our church. Our kids pastor came to me a couple weeks ago and said, Hey, you know, me and some of my other volunteers on our kids team were talking and, and we wanted to, uh, come up with a way that we could serve your youth team. And so it, like, if there's an event you're doing where like we could make dinner for it or you yeah. know, something like that, just let us know. We'd love to do something like that. Yeah. You know, it, it, that is going to break down uh, those silos, uh, you know, when it comes to being a part of a church staff and and doing ministry together, but also, uh, you know, needing the same group of people <laughs> to do both of yeah. your ministries. Uh, you know, serving, having that heart to serve one another is gonna be is gonna be super important. Well, and get out of the building too, right? Like especially as as church staff. Um, it's one thing to have cool staff meetings and to be together on staff and mm-hmm. to have staff lunches and do things all within the church. That's great. Like I am all for that. I think that's very beneficial. But go to a baseball game together. Like have each other over and, and do a bonfire and, and grill out in the summer and make some hot dogs and burgers. Like go to a movie together. De- develop a friendship and a camaraderie amongst mm-hmm. your team because those, again, those types of things you do, th- those extra mile will develop your team to a level that – I mean, ministry is great. We love ministry. We know we're called to ministry. But the reality is, like we talked about last episode, ministry is not always a cakewalk. Ministry is not always just a walk in the park. And so if you can come to work every day, if you can come into your place of work, your church, there are days sometimes it's hard to get in here and it's hard to just yep. get down because you are struggling with something you went through last week or yesterday or there's something you got to do this week that's not going to be fun. If you are surrounded by a group of people you genuinely love hanging out with those types of things come a lot easier Mm -hmm. and that type of relationship comes from doing things outside of the office it comes from doing things together doing life together serving each other without doing it for an intended purpose it just comes naturally and so as that happens internally naturally you reap the fruit of that externally yeah for sure and and, you know really all i heard from derek in the last 30 to 60 seconds was that our senior pastors are paying for our staffs to go to like a football game or a hot you know some sort of professional sporting event and the best way to get a tight team (laughs) is front row tickets to the minnesota wild right on the boards yep so we can see the sweat drip off of that. Yep. We can get sermon illustrations from it. There's we, so many practical ministry applications. We can to study how they jump off the game. boards and how mm-hmm. they work together. That's like team development stuff. Right. I, I think. I think we got. We've already got raises this episode. We've mm-hmm. got tickets this episode. This is. What, what, this, this is, is amazing. We'll keep going. We'll, we'll come up with some Perfect. other stuff. Uh, but I will say, you know, you mentioned. Uh, you know, finding some activities or different fun ways for your staff to to bond together and build those relationships. That's absolutely right. Uh, I'll share, you know, a personal note on how our staff did this very, very wrong. Uh, <laughs> over this, over this Lead past pastors, summer. pastors, you can be dismissed. <laughs> well, he was a part of it. So, um, but no, over this past summer, we have quite a few uh, people on our staff who are big fans of the show Survivor. Yeah, and so our church staff played Survivor uh, over over the summer. And as a youth pastor, I don't think I've ever recognized my true calling more in life <laughs> than playing Jeff Probst in our staff sure. Survivor game. Uh-huh. And so I was the one that kind of organized all the challenges and everything. It was a blast. 
absolute blast for me because I did not lose any sleep wondering if I was going to get voted off because yep. I was Jeff. Of course. Uh, it. <laughs> we were joking that next summer we're going to have to do like a staff bonding thing where like <laughs> we all do some like kumbaya session or something. Cause staff counseling after There was survivor. no more trust amongst our str- – like obviously I'm kidding, but like there was so much like, like oh, I don't know if so-and-so is going to vote me or vote for somebody else. Oh, it was hilarious to watch. Uh, there was there was definitely some some sketchy moments when it comes I w- I to I was here trust. this summer when we when we first started our podcast the preparation stuff it, Kyle and I got to come and and be a part of this and dude there was there was times where like the staff like was legit about this we're like, like, like on edge oh, a little yeah. bit and yeah it, it, the yeah. office was quiet and you're sitting in here like with your little devious smile you know talking about today's <laughs> challenge like it, it was it was it was a blast but you know like that that that's exactly what we're talking about like we joke but. Yep. When you can do those type, fun type of things, it re- you see that you see that connectedness, and it, it, it trickles over into every other single area of your of your ministry and in your thing. Mm. But I think it'd also be good at this point, Kyle, to just kind of talk about what are some of those things. Like, what, like we obviously think of the lead pastor, right? We think right. of the guy who gets. I'm up on pretty Sunday. sure every church has a lead pastor. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna start there. Yeah. But after that, it gets murky, right? <laughs> it gets very murky because you're not sure are and, and and what are those positions? Are those positions paid? Mm-hmm. Are they volunteer? Are they part time? Are they full time? And so that's maybe just kind of walk down. Um, um, I'll go first because it, yeah. it'll, be, it'll be a shorter list. Uh, <laughs> but like we'll kind of walk through what we have in our context. But then, um, I know of a few other churches that I have good friends who are serving at that are bigger than us mm-hmm. and so we can kind of walk through what that looks like but in our church uh we obviously have our lead pastor um and then we have our only other full-time staff member would be yours truly um i Boo. would be considered i mean what oh yay, yay. go Derek. Woo. thank you i appreciate that kyle thanks for making <laughs> me feel loved as usual um i'm the executive pastor which is a fancy way of saying i kind of have my hand in everything else yep um i do i lead our youth ministry but i also kind of oversee everything on sunday i help out with small groups i i have my hand in everything but um then we have two other part-time i'm sorry three other part-time uh positions we have um a worship leader who is part-time they do about 10 to 15 hours of work for us a week We have our uh, kids pastor who is being paid part-time, but in reality um, probably works more than part-time. When it, you talk about volunteers. Welcome to ministry. <laughs> if you are listening to this podcast and you are looking to get involved anywhere in your church and you just – if you have a heart for kids, go seek them out first because I can guarantee they would welcome you with welcoming arms. Yep. Um, so we have, we have worship. We have kids. But then we have a administrative person who helps, you know, figure out some. They balance our credit card statement. They uh, prepare slides for us. They answer emails. They send visitor letters. They do all that kind of fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I am truly thankful we have a great, great group of people. But then there's a whole bunch of other volunteer positions throughout the church. There's um, what we call first impressions, which is just like greeting people. Uh, there's people who prepare coffee for us. There are ushers. There's all kinds of that stuff. But mm-hmm. in terms of staff. Uh, we have those five lead pastor, executive pastor, kids, worship, and administration. I love it. Yeah, so we for, for our church here, uh, we have five uh, people that are working here full-time. Um, we have our, our lead pastor. We have our, uh, I believe he's executive slash kids pastor. Wow. Uh, right? And so you know, we're, you're you're going to find out real quick listening to this episode that there's a lot of slashes, mm-hmm. right, when it comes to ministry positions in, yep. in churches. Uh, so he is he's exe- started as the kids pastor here, uh, I believe, 11 years ago, 10 years ago. Wow. And, uh, and uh, over the last three or four years, he's transitioned into like an executive slash kids uh, role and so he he has his hand over uh, he he is kind of the liaison uh, as it, uh, the staff liaison between some of the other ministries at our church that don't necessarily have somebody uh, in the office yeah uh, and so he communicates with a lot of those ministries um, yours truly youth pastor uh, thank you yeah, I he had yeah, to I, know that was coming I 100 percent knew it was coming thank you uh, so yeah I've been the youth pastor here for a little over five years. Um, our worship uh, director, worship leader, worship 
czar. Uh, I don't know, <laughs> uh, but uh, but great, we have we have we have a couple. Uh, Nate and Sarah uh, are married, and they uh, they lead our worship team on Sunday morning, and then they also lead our youth worship team as well. Uh, and then uh, Jeannie is is our admin, yep. uh, and so she uh, she really is the the czar. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's she's the silent boss uh, that's actually in charge, even though Rick technically has the lead pastor the role. The one who has to listen to you and I horse around in your office when we're recording podcasts. Probably, yeah. yeah. She's we she's the one that everybody knows is actually in charge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so those are and and she she does a lot of stuff, a lot of the administrative stuff, uh, you know, just daily upkeep, building stuff, uh, stuff like that. Uh, and so that those are those are the five full time positions, and then uh, we've got a couple other positions that you know they excite me to talk about. Partly because you know there's some of these positions that look different at every church, and yep. there's some positions that are unique to different churches. Um, you know, so we have uh, we have one pastor who is she's kind of over our uh, connect groups and and our different adult groups that we have going on uh, at at our church. Uh, we kind of go through cycles of you know different like classes or like hey this this group is going to take like six or eight weeks and study this or this group's going to study this and so she kind of oversees all of those. Uh, and, uh, she has a hand in our women's ministry as well. Uh, we have, uh, Joe is our community outreach, uh, pastor. And so he, he has a great relationship with a lot of the area schools. Uh, Mm -hmm. and so that's really cool to see, uh, you know, we're able to partner with them. Uh, you know, this is November. And so we're doing a Thanksgiving basket outreach, uh, for a lot of families in these schools that, that can't afford a Thanksgiving meal. And so, you know, that's, that's a great way that we've been able, he's been able to, you know, kind of take that to the next level, uh, as far as our partnership with, uh, with the community. Uh, and then we also have, uh, we have pastor Cindy who she is, this is the unique one that I really enjoy. Uh, they, they're, she's like basically the pastor of marriage ministry yeah, uh, here at the church. And mm-hmm. so they do some marriage classes. They organize date night experiences for couples. They do, uh, premarital classes. Uh, they do couples counseling, uh, a whole bunch of different things. And, uh, and that's like, that's one of those things that, you know, when, when you're building out a church staff, like a marriage ministry is not one of those things you immediately think of. Right. Uh, but that it's been so cool to see uh, a lot of the fruit that has come Mm -hmm. out of that ministry. And so that's a, that's a fun one. Uh, we have, we have a guy named Rich, uh, who heads up our men's ministry uh, and they do, they do breakfast once a month. Uh, I did not make this list ahead of time. And so I'm going to forget, uh, somebody I'm sure, yeah. but, uh, you know, we there, and there's, there's a lot of different things going on. Like we've got, uh, some people doing like some greeting and first impressions. Uh, like I mentioned, we've got, uh, some different women, women's ministry things, uh, two others that I'll mention, uh, we, and, and these are positions that aren't in the office, uh, but still ministries that team. are that are going on yep. at our church. Uh, one of them is a celebrate recovery group nice. uh, that meets in our church on Monday nights. They, uh, you know, any like their whole thing is uh, hurts, habits, and hangups. Uh, and I honestly, I should get a raise just for being able to recite Let's all this go. off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, but um, uh, our senior pastor's tuned out by now. Yep. Sure. Uh, but we, we just missed him already. Bummer. Uh, but they uh, they do a, a great great ministry on Monday nights. Um, you know, a lot of people that are just walking through some some tough things. Um, again, we will refer you to episode thirteen, mm-hmm. uh, which was uh, a heavy one, but a fun one to mm-hmm. put together. Uh, and, and, you know, we pray is insightful. Uh, but then the other one that's been really, really cool and has actually seen a lot of, uh, I say that like, I'm surprised that God has brought fruit out of a ministry, but (laughs) I'm not, but, uh, we have multiple, uh, senior living facilities in our area. And, uh, and we have uh, a lady who has been very dedicated doing some different ministry in those and, and puts together, uh, services, uh, each Sunday for, for those different places. And, uh, there's been a lot of, uh, really cool things, uh, that have come out of that as well. Uh, and then we also have, I'm just thinking a bunch of them off the top of my head. We've got a, a couple, a couple of ladies that volunteer to head up a, uh, they call it legacy builders, yep. uh, for our, uh, you know, retired, 
the the people that are in our church that are retired and uh, you know they're they've done a lot of really cool things with uh, with that group as well. But uh, all that to say that you know kind of the point of going through that and there are some bigger churches that have a whole bunch a of other ones worship as well. Leader and yeah, a kids exactly. ministry worship leader. You know, and, there, yeah. there's a yeah. My sister actually started out as a youth and kids worship leader full time at a church, and I was like, it's that's crazy. a full time position. Oh my goodness. Uh, but my point is there's a lot of different positions that a church could have. Yep. Uh, you know, Derek, are there any others at, uh, at some other churches that, you know, talk about kids and, and youth yeah. worship leader, but what are some of the other ones at different churches that, you know, might maybe stick out or are things sure. that we haven't mentioned? There are missions pastors. So True. They, they, yep. they will go out and, and seek opportunities for you to invest uh, financially or just effort. They'll, they'll lead, um, in some ways, it's a lot of like an outreach pastor. Well, they'll do that, but there, are, there are there are missions pastors. Uh, there are um, some larger churches will have uh, ex- executive assistants, and so the senior pastor, yep. the lead pastor will have an assistant. Uh, the the youth pastor will have an intern. Sometimes there's there's different names to it yeah. for sure. I guess one of the other ones that uh, you know doesn't get a whole lot of love or mention but is incredibly incredibly imperative uh would be you know and this is sometimes the two sides of the same coin but like you mentioned finances yeah uh you know somebody somebody that's you know really good with finances is imperative for a church bookkeeper Uh, stewardship is important Mm -hmm. and then the other side would be you know maybe uh building operations uh whether whether that's maintenance or or just some uh you know building care uh but then also uh you know managing uh, yeah. different things and you know being like s- helping to set up and tear down for different events there are some churches that especially larger churches that will have that position as well yep uh it there's a lot uh and and yeah. one of the resources that uh, that Derek and I wanted to share with you guys uh you know this is uh, credit to Brian Jones over at Senior Pastor Central uh but this is something that that I just found really cool and I wanted to share was uh, he wrote an article about uh, staffing churches and and being a part of a church staff and uh, you know when you are building a church staff what are some of like the key things to hit on yep and and he his point was you know he he started with worship yep uh, you know when you are a a real small church if you're a church plant like starting with worship that's that's a great place to start because. You know, it, that's that's huge. you need worship. You need you, worship uh-huh. in a in a in a service. Uh, the second one that he started with was children. Yep. Uh, his third one was students. Yep. His fourth one was adults, which, would be, then, which would be like small group things right. or certain yeah that can you know, men's ministry, yep. women's ministry stuff like that. And then the fifth one is he's kind of got like operations and finances. There's so uh, many categories for that one, right? And, yeah. Right. And and the way that he laid it out, which I thought was really fascinating, was you know when you are a small church, start with I'm going to get a volunteer in you know I'm going to start with finding a worship volunteer and yep. then children. And then students, and then adults, and then operations slash finances, and then once I have a volunteer in all those five, I'm gonna cycle back to worship. Now I'm gonna start to pay a little bit, like fifty yep. bucks a week for my worship person, and then my children's students, adults, yep. operations, and, and then I'm gonna cycle back. Right now, now worship. we're gonna make one of them like mm-hmm. you know fully part time and all the way through the line and then full time all the way, you know, and, and then we're starting to expand some of these as well. I just, it was a really cool uh, way to look at it uh, and be intentional about building out a church staff. And it's going to look different in every single context. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, there are some churches that, uh, you know, children might be a really pressing need. Yep. Uh, There are other churches where, uh, young adults, you know, that was one that I, we didn't mention, but there are some yeah. churches out there with really, really good young adults, adults ministries, yep. especially if you are in a college town or oh, near man. a college yep. campus. There are, like, we're both in Minnesota. There are some churches down by the University of Minnesota in Minneapolis yep. that are killing it because, and they don't Because have, there's lots of universities down there. It's not right. just the U, it's... it's yeah, there's, there's yeah. multiple colleges down there, and they don't have, like... They probably have somebody for children's ministry and for yep. youth ministry, but their primary focus is young adults because yep. that's who's in their community. I think that, I think that's a good point too because if you're listening to this and you see one, two, three, four, five worship children, students, adults, operations, 
you can almost kind of make an assumption that they're ranked differently and their their importance is different. It's more so just like a sequential thing of like you can you can function as a church without organized small group person. It's it's tough to have a Sunday morning service without worship, right? It's, yeah. it's tough to have a good congregation if you don't have somewhere for their kids to go. Like it's it's not a matter of our worship person is more valuable than our kids. It's not that our senior pastor because is if it was more, the youth pastor would be at the top. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> clearly, I w- I was gonna say more towards the bottom, but yeah, like, probably. Like, Let's but, be honest. But when it comes, to, uh, let's just, uh, come back to teams for a second, right? Like, good teams are ones that there is n- there is a hierarchy in place, but one that is assumed and not felt. And what I mean by that is when you go into a building or you go into a staff, and it is evidently clear that the that the lead pastor is the man in charge or the woman in charge and they lord it over their staff and it all rides on them. That's not healthy for them or for the staff. And so these best teams are multifaceted. There's mm-hmm. a worship person, there's a kids person, there's a students person, there's an adults person, there's an operations person, there's a young adults person. There's all these different people, but at the same time, they're all valued the same. Just because they have different ministries, yeah, different absolutely. passions, their value is the same. Yep. And I think that is where that distinction comes in is it's not that any one is less or more valuable than the other. It's just uh, in terms of when you are first starting, that's where we need to start with those because we need to fill those first. Right. And as you grow as a church, uh, you know, I would be hard pressed to find a church that, that is really growing and vibrant and, one of these five is not there. Correct. Right? Yep. These, these five are, you know, worship, children, students, adults, and and operations. Like, those five need to be there. Yep. You know, outside of that, you're going to get into, okay, what's our context? You know, who are we trying to reach? Who are we called to reach? Uh, not every church is going to have a marriage ministry person. Not every church is going to have young adults. Not every church is going to, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And that's okay. Yeah. Like, especially for a lot of mid-level churches, uh, mid-sized churches, yep. uh, that's, it's okay for you to not have everything. Uh, you know, God, for this season, has maybe called you, hey, this is what our niche is, and, and we're going to dive after that. And if the church down the road has a different niche from us, and and their That's niche, okay. like yeah. if if their niche is young adults and our niche is children and young families, great. Like let's work in tandem. Let's let's do that. And and we're not going to have to try and struggle to figure out. Correct. You know. Oh man. Like we keep trying to go after the same people, and and now we feel like there's this weird rivalry between our church and the church down the street. Right. Right. Yeah. And I I that that. That concept, I think, is something that most people hope and assume. But when you are looking to be a part of a church staff or you're looking to be a part of a team, those are the types of questions you got to ask. Those are the type of things you got to look for. Uh, because if you don't, you're going to quickly find yourself being in a place you don't want to be. And, you know, it's you, you just got to be a part of that. And so, you know, Kyle talked about mid-range churches and all these different roles. Um and he also talked about slashes at one point, which is funny because yeah. <laughs> um, the bigger the church, more often the less slashes you have. Mm-hmm. The smaller the church, the more slashes you have. Do you know anything about that, Derek? I know a few things. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's 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 funny. I call myself an executive pastor because if I if I just listed out what I do, there you'd get bored. It'd be right. like, it'd be one of those right. things of like, okay, um, and that's not a. I just do everything, and I am just the best person. <laughs> That's ever. what I heard. Uh, I figured you would, but it's a it's a reality that you know there are a lot of people, especially a lot of youth pastors on yeah. staff at churches, you know, full part or volunteer, where yeah. they hold multiple roles on staff because they need to because yep. those tasks need to get fulfilled, and you are being there full time, and it's not that we 
couldn't fill up our time doing just youth stuff. But at the same time, it goes back to that priority thing of, mm-hmm. okay, cool. You got Wednesday done, but like now I need you to focus sometime Thursday on this because we need help for Sunday or, or whatever it is. But uh, yeah, so like if you have multiple roles on staff, uh, you have to start, this kind of goes back into buying into the vision of your lead pastor. You have to go back to them and say, what is most pressing, right? Because so like I'm just going to use myself as an example. I'm the executive pastor. And so when that what that boils down to is in a lot of ways, I am the lead pastor of our youth ministry. Yep. I am the one in the in the chair. I'm the one who makes the calls, who, who leads the charge there. It all fits within the vision of our whole church because I think that needs to happen. But when push comes to shove, the buck stops with me and our youth ministry. And so in a lot of ways, I am the youth pastor. Um, I am also, I would call it the Sunday operations pastor. So any team on a Sunday morning that serves, if they have an issue, they come to me and the buck stops with me. Um, I am kind of in charge of managing all of our small groups. So then you could also say I'm the small groups pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't say want to dive into all of this because it's not, I think, inherently prudent. But my point is I've had to get really good at prioritizing what needs to be done first and then getting towards everything else down that list. And so obviously, like, I can't go into a Wednesday night with no message and no plan and no prep. But once that's done, once that's out of the way, then I focus on making sure our Sunday morning experience is good. Once that done is done, I focus on more of those long-term big-picture items. Mm-hmm. Once that is done, I focus on more of the small-term things. Like, when you are on staff, especially when your staff is small, it's imperative that you work together to get what is most accomplished done first because the stark reality of ministry is if you go into your week and make a to-do list, more often than not, you will leave that week with leave that week with your to-do list unfinished because there are things that come up during the middle of the week that come up on out of the ordinary. So there is always more to be done. And so you have to get really good at prioritizing, mm-hmm. especially if you wear multiple hats in a church. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, for anybody who, you know, is is looking to to be in ministry, uh figuring out a way to be multifaceted uh is going to play to your advantage. You know, a lot of times youth and kids ministry get put together. You know, those roles get combined. Uh, you know, worship or young adults are two other roles that, that are commonly brought in with uh, with youth ministry. And so, right, like if you're a youth pastor that plays guitar, like you're, you're, you're on the worship team. You're more, you're more marketable than the youth pastor that doesn't play guitar. Now, that's why I don't play as guitar. A, <laughs> as, a, as a church, there's obviously a whole lot more that goes into hiring somebody than just whether or not they could potentially fill multiple roles. You know, just because you play guitar doesn't mean you're automatically you know, going to get a job yeah. over somebody who is more just more anointed than you for that job. Um, but you know, it it can be beneficial. Like I'd tell anybody that's a part of a church staff, like learn to grow. And I am full time as just the youth pastor, and I still. But you do way more than that, right? I still end up doing all of these other different things yep. that have nothing to do with youth ministry because you work hard and because you're I dedicated so. to the vision. Uh-huh. Um, you know, <laughs> and, and I think that that just brings up a great point of when you are looking at staffing and you are looking at being a part of a team, there are certain core components that every good quality staff member should have. Yeah, if you want to be a youth pastor, a good youth pastor, this is where you start. Yeah, and I, I want you to start because you, you have some good things written down here, Kyle, but there's one thing you don't have written down that I want to kind of well, wrap you, up with. Well, you have your point in here. All I can see is the number six, so I'm really oh. curious <laughs> to see um, how you work that in. But um, <laughs> <laughs> That would be a uh, I must skills, have something. Skills every church staff member needs, the number six. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> they must have six toes on their. Nope, right that's foot. not it. Um, <laughs> uh, Princess Bride, right? Six fingers on his on his left hand well, or no, his right hand. Never seen it. One of them. You've never seen the Princess Bride. Don't get me started. I know my wife hates it. She well, actually, that's it for today's episode. No, she, she, are you kidding me? She actually. Oh my goodness! National Fine Art. She put together a message about how much she hates the Princess Bride. 
That's so. hilarious. Anyways, uh, skills every okay. church staff member needs. Number Kyle Bash, one. Take it away. Uh, apparently, I need to come up with five now so that he can <laughs> have number six. Uh, no, number one, the the most more, most important thing that every church staff member needs is integrity and character. Uh, we can count that as one and two, so I can work my way up to six. Uh, three, four, and five are just going to be off the top of my head. But perfect. Uh, no, it's it is imperative. Like you as a staff member. Like, you are a part of a team, and if, like, I think this is what we see a lot happening right now in just Christianity right now, is people rising to platforms that their character can't sustain. Yep. And that's resulting in various types of falls of one way or another off of that platform. Yeah. And, you know, your there are a lot of things that can raise that platform, but the only thing that's going to sustain it, uh, whether you have three kids or 300 or 3,000 in your youth ministry is integrity and character. And that's, that's going to be be the most important thing, Mm -hmm. uh, as, as any, at any church staff position, not just as a youth pastor. Um, you know, one of the other things that is super important is work ethic. Uh, every lead pastor is different. Like we mentioned earlier, you know there are there are some lead pastors that are going to micromanage a little bit more than others and this this is a boss thing this is not a lead yep. pastor thing every yep. single boss is going to be different correct and so you you if you are good at managing your own time if you are good at managing your own resources as a youth pastor you're probably going to be the one overseeing the youth budget yeah. Uh, whether that is, you know, thousands of dollars that your church gives you to work with every year, or whether it's zero and you are fundraising and doing some things on your own, either way, you are going to come across managing money at some point in this job. And part of that goes back to the integrity thing, you know, making sure that you do that well, but having a solid work ethic is going to self-propel you, uh, and motivate you especially, you know, I love the fact that I don't have a a senior pastor that micromanages me to the bone and says, hey, you need to do this, that, and the other thing. You know, I'm a little bit more free to... Uh, you know, do the things that I want to do and follow the vision that I that that he has set, and now I am setting for our youth ministry. But that's, but that's gonna, also a trust that's been earned. True, and it's going to crash and burn really quick if I don't have a work Correct. ethic. And I'm going to kind of give a little kick in the shorts and uh, maybe a subtle slap in the face to those that are studying in college right now. Work ethic does not start after college. True. I know so many aspiring pastors who just fool around throughout college don't do their stuff on time kind of you know give half-hearted efforts like that translates into what you do as a career and so i'm not saying that like if you're a c student in college you're gonna not make it as a senior pastor or a youth pastor or whatever you go on to do but um i have just seen i pride myself on 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 academics i i love to learn i gave college my all and that really translated helped me transition into a career much more efficiently and your professors will see that too and so that my actually was referred to my current church because I was referred to by my professor and so you know and and so work ethic is one of those things that you don't just it's something that can be you know perfected it's something that can be learned it's not inherently just a character flaw but it is one of those things whatever you do I read a really good book once I said, whatever you do, do it with all you, uh, all your heart uh, as a way of worship to the Lord. I can't remember what the book was called, but they just talked about giving everything you are. Um, and so, like, yeah, it was the Bible, by the way, Kyle. I know you don't read it very often, but. Um, wow, shots fired. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Unbelievable. Ky- Kyle was, I could see the, the hamster wheel in Get his head. Get out of my office. Just, just, just running as he's trying to figure out points four and five here. And so I had to call him out uh, and, <laughs> and stop the hamster from running. But yeah, like I just all that said, uh, you can tell who, who works uh, really hard. And uh, it, it makes a difference in, in ministry for sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Integrity number one, character number two, work ethic number three. Uh, number four is a servant's heart. Uh, honestly, like it is so, and this goes back to right being a part of a church staff as a whole. We've talked about how important it is uh, to serve other ministries. You are in this ministry position because it, like, this is a place of service. This is a position yeah. of service, and so if you are 
the the best way that you can serve the adults in your church and prospective adult volunteers on your team is by helping them to get into positions where they're going to thrive, equipping them and empowering them to do what you are asking them to do. It's yep. not just get, I, I need to scramble to find all of these adult volunteers. And then I, they're in essence going to be glorified babysitters for me. Like empower them to do so much more than that. Serve them. You know, Hey, I'm going to like come drop your kids off at my house and you and your spouse go on a date night. Uh, you know, Hey, let's, let's do this, that, the other thing for, for a lot of our, and I talked about this in our adult volunteer episode, but for a lot of our, uh, like our leadership trainings for our adult volunteers. Like I make sure that I have a couple students available to do childcare so that our adult volunteers, like they can just bring their kids to this training and there's a different room that we're going to go in and <laughs> occupy your kids so that you don't have to worry about that while we are training and equipping Correct. you to do youth ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's, that's super important. I love it. That's number four. Um, I'm a little concerned because you have just you have just filled in number five and i thought it it was good it disqualifies i think both of us and so i know i know i know it's a good point but please tell me kyle after you have a good integrity after you have the character after you have a work ethic and servant's heart what's the fifth thing that all church staff members need i wrote down good looks Mm -hmm. um no but honestly i do have another one and by the way these are not in order no, um, there there was no number until I actually bumped <laughs> no, the number there six wasn't. with my elbow, and now we, we have we had just six. put we had just like we we put started a list. They weren't in order, and number five, pro- like if there was going to be an order, I don't know what Derek's number six is, but number five should be at the top of the list, uh, if they were in order, which is just a passion for God. Like this yeah. should probably go without saying. Yeah, but. And and this is something that I will say uh, is not always easy for me. Not that I don't have a passion for God. I'm leading into something here. Interesting. But <laughs> I don't like. I don't have any problem. I read the Bible a lot, right? I'm putting together messages. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm reading the Bible, trying to like right. I'm I'm leading a, a youth Bible study or different yeah, things, right. whatever. Mm-hmm. I read the Bible all the time, but there is a difference in mm-hmm. ministry between reading the Bible for work yep. and reading the Bible for my own spiritual growth. Correct. And that's that's something that, you know, I will raise my hand to kick my own shorts for. Like I am not always super good at taking time to just read the Bible for me with no ulterior motive of how can this apply to youth ministry? You know, how can I get a sermon or a sermon series? And it's hard. It's hard, right? It's uh, very hard. Sometimes you're doing your own personal devotions. You go, oh, that's a good thing. I need to earmark that for youth. Um, you know, but and you can still do that. Yeah, 100%. but then you're coming back to God. What are you trying to talk to me Correct. right now? Yep. How can I grow closer to you? Because if I'm not, and this maybe goes back to that integrity and character thing, if I am not growing closer to God, then my youth ministry is definitely mm-hmm. not growing closer to God. Yeah, you know, our I tell our adult volunteers all the time that. I do not want myself and I do not as the youth pastor and I don't want our adult volunteers to be the cap on what God can do in our Amen. youth ministry. Yeah. And if my adult volunteers are not growing in their capacity, if they are not oh, growing closer yeah. to God, if I am not growing in my capacity and I'm not growing closer to God, shout out to episode I'm going to I'm going to guess 5 or somewhere earlier when we were talking about uh, personal development. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so important for me to be growing closer to God because my ministry is not going to grow closer to God yeah. if I don't. Right. Yeah. And it does go without saying, but it's something that I think gets overlooked a ton. And there there are practical things you can do with that. Um, you know, I think there are practical, like I try to make sure my personal devotions don't happen at church on work hours. Right. You know, like that, that's not, that, I'm not trying to get legalistic here, uh, but like it, it is important to try and draw that distinction as much as you can. Uh, real quick, it was episode four, not episode, episode five. Four. I, I was so close. I saw you over there kind of like, you know. I was disappointed in myself. Yeah, yeah that's pouting. exactly what I was, you saw. I was wondering I what happened. I almost started crying. Okay. I, I thought you were going to like completely like erase this whole episode. <laughs> and we'd have to start over from scratch. <laughs> oh, no. It has happened before. before. Yeah. Uh, okay. Number one, integrity. Number two, character. Number three, work ethic. Number four, servant's heart. Number five, passion for God. Derek, what is the much-anticipated 
number six final thing that every church staff member needs skinny jeans <laughs> you suck <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm just kidding um it, this whole number six thing completely got blown out of the water. I literally <laughs> this bumped this with be, my elbow. This was going to be such a small note you wanted to make. <laughs> it was. And it now, was the, now the whole episode is culminating in oh, this I moment. Know. I hope it's worth it. I know. Uh, the last thing I was going to say, though. A desire, uh, a heart for the office. No. Dang no. it. Uh, chemistry. Uh, and no, that's so, good. Okay. Like, it's, that's, it's, yeah, that's like, a good one. These are six, but like I boil it down to when I am looking at other staff members, or I'm looking for people on, on my youth team. Um, the three C's I go by are character, like which we talked about in length, mm-hmm. competency. Can, yep. they, can they do the job, right? Like if you're asking somebody to keep track of your books, they should probably be good with numbers. They should probably know how to run a spreadsheet. They should probably be inept or sorry, inept. That it wouldn't be nope, good. Nope, that's like, not good. They, they, <laughs> No, Noah Webster would not be a fan of. He wouldn't. I, I would so just, he was so proud of you earlier. Yeah, I know. I good know. friend of the show. Yeah, good friend of the show. Uh, so character competency, but then chemistry. Yeah. Um, even if they have the first two, but they just do not vibe with your personality. You just got. Mm-hmm. You guys just can't gel. It's not gonna work. It's not gonna be a good tight knit team. And so, uh, good chemistry um, should not be overlooked. Um, I'm not saying they need to be the exact same person as you, the same type of personality, mm-hmm. the same type of interest. But w- you got to have that chemistry. I would actually encourage you, right? We've been talking for two episodes now about how there are uh, rules and that there were rules that were meant to be broken. Uh, it is it is almost important for them not to be the same person right. as you. You know, I have, as a youth pastor, I have people on my team that are very different than me, and they are going to reach students that I am not because they have different interests yep. and you know i can talk to one kid about football and i have another leader that can talk to another a middle school boy about video games mm-hmm. and you know we can both be effective in ministry and even more effective in ministry because we're working together because we're different and that's the same thing for a church staff they will see your blind spots and you will see theirs absolutely and together you can kind of work you know together but like you, you still have to have that mutual understanding and appreciation for each other, or else that chemistry is just is gonna you're gonna fight it the whole time, and it's gonna be, you mm-hmm. know, just a battle. Yeah, absolutely, awesome. Hey, that is what it's like to be a part of a church staff. If you guys uh, have any suggestions uh, for how we can uh, be better <laughs> as a church staff, uh, let us know because not, we're not as perfect. podcasters. Uh, we, no, 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 We are at the bottom of the barrel already and we have no desire to come up. L- there's only, I mean, we can only get better, uh, so as, true. as podcasters, but, uh, no, honestly, one of the things too, like that comes with chemistry is, uh, just being able to have fun with each other. And uh, that's one of my favorite things about uh, about this being podcast? a part of. Well, yes, <laughs> you and I, great chemistry, mm-hmm. uh, lots of fun, maybe too much fun together. Prop, yeah, um, 100%. but I I love being a part of the staff that I'm a part of because we can have fun together, yep. and and that's always good too. But uh, that just about does it for uh, for episode 14. Uh, if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, constructive criticism, or unconstructive criticism, uh, we'd love to hear about it. Uh, how not to be a youth pastor at gmail.com. Uh, go ahead and uh, follow us, like us, uh, review us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, we'd love to hear from you there as well. Uh, but that does it for today's episode, and uh, I'm going to go pull some pranks on our kids' pastor. Goodbye. Goodbye.